0: dot com slash lawless. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Well, welcome to a special edition of the State of the Union uh, podcast here. It's an absolute pleasure, as it always is, to welcome in Victor Montaliani, the CONCACAF president on this day, because it is a special day, a big announcement from CONCACAF. Of a revamped, uh, expanded type of format when it comes to Concacaf Champions League. Welcome, Victor. I guess my first question to you is: Let's talk big picture, and then we'll get into some of the nuts and bolts here. Why a new format uh, for Concacaf Champions League?
2: Well, I think you know we. Uh, this is kind of building on our philosophy of uh, really uh, putting football first here in our region. We did it with on the, on the national team front with our Nations League, expanding our Gold Cup. Uh, and now we're sort of doing this on a club level because, you know, we had a Champions League, uh, like the current format was tweaked a few years ago to make it a little bit more direct. But it's really not, a, not what I would call a robust Champions League uh, going, you know, from fall to, to the spring or summer. Uh, and I think um, we needed to have, you know, more rivalries more often. If you saw the final between the NFC uh was fantastic and we just needed more of that in in a official competition you know um yes there's uh you know there could be friendlies that are played by friendlies, as you know our friendlies and uh, so we we felt that it was important for our confederation and our clubs quite frankly in our leagues to be relevant at the international level and therefore we needed to create rivalries uh more often and this is uh this is was the vehicle to do it and and uh, we're happy with the format and the structure. And I think you're, we're going to see sort of uh, some great football coming 2023.
1: All right, let's talk a little bit about that structure. So there are three distinct regions that will be playing in a group stage, North America, Central America, and the Caribbean, 20 teams, 20 teams, and 10 teams. Why the decision to, to split it up like that?
2: Well, first and foremost, I think, uh, you know, we have some realities of travel in our region, uh, number one. We also uh, wanted to create a group stage that also had rivalries. You know, um, you know, it's one thing to have uh, uh, one team from one region play another in a quarterfinal or semifinal. A quarterfinal, semifinal is a quarterfinal and a semifinal. Doesn't matter who's playing in there. But in a group stage, I think it's important to create rivalries, uh and which are already existing. And then we know last night we had our CONCACAF league final between two Costa Rican teams. It was a great final. You know, those are things that you know viewers want to see quite frankly right so uh that's why we did it that way it was also an opportunity for us to really develop uh the the other regions uh, by having the caribbean cup and the central american cup and sort of you know kind of start floating all the boats and do it more on a regional basis uh and then obviously that all funnels into the knockout stage of the Champions League um, uh, that we, you know, in the spring, like we have it now.
1: All right. So let's talk a little bit about the the, the round of 16. The, the way that I look at it, and it's my little brain uh, kind of looks at it like this. So there is a potential there for a competition after the group stage to become less and, and not for every team uh but certainly for some teams is there going to be a ranking type of system as we've seen in the past that's going to decide first off i guess in the group stage who you're playing and where you're playing because you play two home games and two away games and then when you get to the grown round of 16 who's playing who because there were going to be some very strong teams and then maybe some some weaker teams getting into that 16.
2: yeah listen i um there the will obviously be a seating uh, like every draw is so there will be a seating based on how you have done in past competitions but as we've seen you know even in this past competition i mean uh, you know we can't assume anything just ask the seattle sounders who got knocked out by olympia um you know uh, defending mls champions and um same with the montreal impact right and uh who got knocked out so by a central american team you know uh that's football and you know i think these teams are going to get better year in and year out and when we know when it comes to knockout competition, you know what, uh, that's a pretty, uh, uh, that levels the playing field quite a bit when it's, uh, you know, uh, home and away and you got to go play there. And things don't, might not go your way, as you know, Lex, playing in this region. Yep. Um, and so I, I'm not really worried about that, to be honest with you, when we get to the knockout stage. I think it's going to be very, very competitive.
1: Are you not worried, but obviously we're all concerned uh, regarding, I mean, this is a big tournament. There's a number of games right now that you're adding to the plate, obviously, of teams that are already playing a lot of games. Are you worried about congestion? And I think you mentioned a little bit about some of the concerns when it comes to travel, not not necessarily the pandemic travel, just travel in, in, in general and addressing some of those in terms of the regional uh, things. Are you worried that there's, there's too many games?
2: No, you know, it, it, uh, I understand that from a calendar standpoint, we always have to have a balanced approach, but to be honest with you, I think when it comes to official competitions, I think you're going to, you know, you've seen a trend now in other confederations too that, you know, uh, it's it's these kind of friendly matchups, uh, both at the club level and at the uh, national team level that are kind of starting away, uh, going to be less and less, and it's going to be more official competitions. So it's not necessarily always more games. In this case, it is more games. But the reason we've had more games is because, frankly, we haven't had enough. Uh, You know, uh, we haven't had enough of the rivalries. We haven't had enough of the games. And, um, you know, some of that has been taken over by some uh, competitions that were more friendlies than anything. And I I don't think you grow the game by playing friendly. So I think this is, I think, very important for our region to have an official competition and to be relevant on the international stage, which is the next level of growth for especially MLS and Liga MX, is to be relevant internationally. And I think uh, the Champions League is, is the way to do it.
1: All right. So uh, this gives you a long ramp uh, and a runway uh, for a couple of years here before this before this starts. But let me let me ask you a little bit about what happens between now and then. We've gone through a hell of a year. We all understand that uh, unprecedented and we've had to adjust and be flexible. We all have best case scenarios and we still have to change. How do you see the next couple of years playing out relative to CONCACAF uh, when it comes to whether it's whether it's the club competitions uh, or obviously a huge year when it comes to the international game?
2: Yeah, so listen, I think, um, uh, first of all, I think football has done a very good job, sports in general, to be honest. It has done a very good job of, of, of managing and, and sort of managing the traffic of the pandemic, literally in some cases. And I think we've done a very good job. You know, we've pulled off our Champions League, we've pulled off our CONCACAF League. You know, uh, notwithstanding, you know, uh, we seem to be uh, in some ways in the darkest hours of this thing in some of our countries But there's also some significant light at the end of the tunnel with the vaccine, uh, with uh, you know, in some in some countries that are under new management. Um, And so I think you're going to see, you know, I think the light will shine a little lighter here as we move on. And you know, I think we're going to be in a situation. I'm not saying we're going to go back to where it was before, where you're necessarily going to have packed stadiums with no protocols in place. I think it's a reality of moving forward. And football will manage that just like will society will, and you know I don't think um, and you know nothing will stop football as we know, um, whether it's a pandemic or whether it's uh, uh, to our own devices as uh, sometimes uh, we like to shoot ourselves in the foot in football like we did in the past. Uh, but I think we will find a way to manage through this at club, league, and at confederation levels.
1: Well, your job is is to manage CONCACAF and, and pull it through both on and off the field and to look to the future. And obviously, uh, this new format with CONCACAF Champions League is something, as I mentioned this year, whether it's Gold Cup or Nations League or World Cup qualifying or qualifying for the Olympics, and then obviously Olympics, CONCACAF teams, both international uh, national teams uh, and club teams are going to be busy and, and CONCACAF Champions League continues on and all, all of that kind of stuff. When when you look at your job, when you get up each morning and think of it, uh, what, what are some of your, your major challenges? Challenges when it comes to Concacaf, and I'm not even necessarily talking about the pandemic, just in in general.
2: You know, I think in general, uh, and and I think it was a challenge from, um, to be honest, when I put my name for it to run as president. And I think we've met that challenge, but it's a constant thing. It's it's really, uh, you know, our theme has been two: one is unity uh, under the One Concacaf philosophy, and two is putting football first. That means every decision you make needs to come uh, under those two kind of pillars. And sometimes, as you know, in life, uh, you know there's different things that come at you, whether it's politically or financially or economically. So trying to keep the ship straight on those two pillars, which I think uh, we've done a very good job at and um, uh, is, is really, uh, to me, uh, my prime primary focus, whether it's dealing with stakeholders, whether it's dealing with members, whether it's dealing with partners, it's always trying to ensure that you stick to your DNA Um, that you wanted to establish that I think we have established and you stay, you stay close to the core of your beliefs, which is football first and unity.
1: Well, uh, we wish you all the luck on and off the field and what's going to happen, not just this year, but as the years go forward and uh, all of your work towards uh, CONCACAF. It's it's something near and dear to all us. I'm sure each and every day you get people telling you how to do your job and uh, different ideas on how to uh, go forward. And as I mentioned, uh, when it comes to the the new format here, there is stuff that is to be determined and you gave yourself a nice little ramp here. So I'm sure that there's going to be things going forward. I want to thank you for coming on the State of the Union podcast and wish you uh, all the best. Stay safe and sane, my friend.
2: Thanks, Lex. And uh, you take care of yourself and hope to see you in person soon. You got it. Cheers, mate.